The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories, interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Positive Talk Radio for oh, Wednesday. It's a great day, and Reverend Rob Lee is here. He is tarot with an attitude. Absolutely. What a beautiful day. Bangarang. What's happening, tribe? Let's see what's going on. We've got uh, a lot of things going today, including the fact that the phone lines are open. So if you'd like to give us a call, you can do that. And let me put up the number here which is right there, so you can give us a call. And if you want to talk to our guest, who is very special today. But, Rob, first of all, I want to ask you, how are things with you? Man, things are dynamite. We're moving along things. I'm, I'm excited about all these new ventures you and I have coming up. Good, solid schedule, things like that. This is going to be fantastic. So starting, actually, we're kind of doing it today. We're playing with the, the uh, uh, format a little bit. And so this is going to be a two-hour show, and we've got uh, Randy Lee in the first hour, and then we've got a gentleman by the name of Peter in the second hour, and he is a self-defense expert. And uh, so that will be fun as well. And uh, so we're going to have a good time with with everybody today. And I, it, it's just amazing to me, uh, Reverend Rob, because it seems like every time we book a show, we find out that you've done some of the things that our guest has done so you guys can talk intelligently to each other, and I'll just sit here and mind my own business. No, absolutely not. You kick it in here or whatnot, but it is funny, you know. But, you know, and when you first met Randy, you said on the – do you want – Randy, do you want me to call you Randy, Randy Lee? How do you like – I have no you? preference as long as I'm never called late for dinner. There you go. A girl after Steve, my own heart. I'm falling in love already, Kevin. You know, this is one of those things. It's hard, you know, wow. But, you know, I, I'm looking at today and saying, uh, Kevin must have thought everybody's going to get their ass kicked or something. We all need some self-defense. <laughs> what was up with that? <laughs> I it just it just kind of sort of appeared that way. But but let me, by the way, Randy Lee, welcome to the show. And I wanted to, uh, you have been a, and still are, a very, very busy person. Yeah, I like to do stuff, lots yeah. of stuff. <laughs> she's got a podcast. She's an author. She's also a national kickboxing champion and went to the Pan American Games and took a silver there. Awesome. And, which which is just uh, amazing that that uh, you, that you did all of that and and you've uh, um written two books. One is Thoughts of a wanderer and the other one is a mother's truth oh many more than that now oh you, <laughs> well then somebody needs to update their their, their website let's go Whoops. ahead and start this thing out what is your website so i can it, get there and go okay 
It is www.rbwriting.ca. Rbwriting.ca? Yep. All right. There we go. Let's see what happens. Well, that's you. I'm there. I made it. I can follow directions. There we go. All right. <laughs> Yes, indeed, and we've got we've got people that are listening, and and I'll be just putting uh, across the screen some of their their posts that they that they do because they like to let us know that they're here, and we appreciate everyone who comes to, to talk to us because they're also talking to you as well, and you've got a lot to say. So the, 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 let's let's get right into it. So you you were born and raised in Ontario, Canada. And, yep. uh, and you have a passion for helping others and you've been in the, um, um, you've worked in, in addiction and in healthcare and, you know, it, it, Rob has done the same thing. It's, it's, it's like the only thing that you haven't done that he did was he, he was a police officer and you were spent your time as a kickboxing champion. So yeah, Rob, I think go I'm, ahead. Not, I'm going to stay away from police officer. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't blame you anymore, especially. I, it's one of the reasons I got out of it, you know, 14 years in there. And I loved it. I really enjoyed the work. But, yeah, it's, it's yeah, forget it. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> but I went back to school and got, and got my master's in social work, started with addictions work and counseling and whatnot, able to blend it all. And now I'm do, I do more life coaching. I'm kind of staying with the life coach vein. Okay. Gives me broader spectrums. I've applied for my license in florida but that's going to be very limiting and then you get all the stuff shirts and nobody wants to have any new ideas or whatnot so that opens and i see you're a writing coach i am so uh -oh. i love writing i've been writing since i was little <laughs> i don't even know what age really i was writing plays and and skits and stuff that i'd make my cousins do with me when i was like eight so <laughs> i've been writing forever um and so yeah now I, I like helping other people get their books written too that's awesome one of the things i see in that 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 would that i i want my listeners to do i'm always encouraging people to write to journal to yes. do some things, you know, and if you could turn it into a story, somebody like you could really help them take some interferes or whatnot and turn this into an actual journey for others to share. Definitely. Yeah, that's actually how my first bit book came out. Um, the Thoughts of a Wanderer one. It was all the poems that I had written as a teenager being depressed. And I found them in my basement. And I was like, I want to throw them out. But I don't want them to sit in the basement and be dusty. So I was like, hmm, what am I going to do? I put them in a book. There you and go. And then I just kept writing and kept writing and kept publishing. And 10 books later. 10? Good ten. for you. <laughs> oh, Kevin, were you? I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, I, I actually, um, you know, this is live radio, and there was a guy that's that's cleaning the streets in front of my house, which is why you were suddenly getting this background noise that didn't need to be there. So I thought I'd mute myself. Um, so, gotcha. but I did have a question for you, Randy Lee, because you said that you, as a teenager, you were depressed. You seem to be a a vibrant, uh, uh, really happy soul who. who 
why were you depressed? Um, well, there's a lot to that, but the short version of that is um, a chemical imbalance in my brain, first off. Um, and then the other stuff is there was a lot going on at home. So my mom and dad hadn't ever been together to my knowledge. Like they broke up when I was so little that I don't remember. And I didn't ever really have a connection with my dad, which is unfortunate. Um, and then when my mom got married, so she got married when I was in grade eight, she ended up marrying who turned out to be an alcoholic. And so he got very violent at times, very loud and yelling. And at that same time, my brother, who was four years older than me, um, he was getting into a lot of trouble himself. He was in and out of juvie. Um, he was getting into drugs and stuff. And so I was just kind of forgotten on the sidelines. And I didn't have proper coping skills to deal with all of that that was going on. On top of, you know, hormones changing in high school, <laughs> which is stressful enough. Um, so there was just a lot of stuff going on. And I didn't know how to express it. And I just thought, well, this is how everybody is. Everybody is just feels awful, which I now know is depression and not everybody always feels it. It's not, doesn't need to be a part of your everyday life. Um, but at the time it just was. Well, I'm glad that you, you came out of it. Do you remember what it was or did you have a mentor? Did you have somebody that helped you through it and to get you out of it? I got some antidepressants. <laughs> just that though there was more to it but um those definitely were huge help i'm still on them i went off of them once without asking my doctor um i don't recommend doing that <laughs> thank you thank you thank you this has been a public service announcement <laughs> all right so because and i'm so glad to hear you say that because today it seems to be a thing with oh i don't want to put them on drugs i don't want to take drugs you know, folks, this is a physiological system we're walking around in our meat suit. You know, we are spiritual beings having a physical existence, a human existence, but it requires certain things. And sometimes when we are truly medically out of balance, you need that help. It doesn't mean you have to stay on them forever, but it can help get you in a point to get situated so then you can start working through some issues and find out how much is chemical and then how much is, you know, the devil playing with my brain, you know, and me not being knowing how to cope with it. So thank you for saying that. And also, those are one of the worst drugs you can ever self-medicate with. And when you start taking them and decide, oh, I think I'll stop. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at her. Been there, done that. Whoa. You know, yeah, yeah. You know? Not, not good. I got so, so sick. All I uh, hear right now is the talking head psycho killer, you know, psycho killer. Yeah. So don't do that. If you want to go off of them, talk to your doctor, do it properly. Don't just stop. Um, so on top of taking my antidepressants, I also, I saw a therapist, um, exercise was super helpful, journaling, writing, um, being out in nature, animals, vitamin D. And, and the sun always helps. Yeah. Um, it being, being outside and having a good time. Let's, but let's talk about, did, did you use your kickboxing career as a form of therapy? A little bit. 
Um, hitting stuff is nice sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so sometimes I, I would take a little bit of that aggression out on, on the bag or, or the people if I was fighting a person. Um, but, um, yeah, just exercise in general, though, is so helpful. It just releases all of those happy hormones, right, that clearly weren't being released in my brain. Happy hormones. I like it. My happy hormones. You can use it. I give it to you. <laughs> those, those are the best kind. Those um, are. They really yeah. are. Yeah. So so now you've been busy your entire life. You're like like we said, you're an author, you're an athlete. Uh, you you've you've worked in uh, healthcare. You've worked with um, um, addicted folks and that kind of thing. Much like uh, Reverend Rob, um, you, was there a pattern to your life? Did you just kind of let that flow that way, or did it? Was there an actual plan? That's a great question. Um, when I was little, my plan was to be a famous actor. Of course. Um, <laughs> but I guess having my own YouTube channel is kind of the same. Um, so that that was the plan as well as, you know, being a writer and director of things. So that's why I would write little plays and stuff and make my cousins do them with me. Um, I wrote a, a couple plays that I directed at my church as well, which was a lot of fun at the time. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just kept busy, just kept doing things. And then when I was super depressed as a teenager, I just, I didn't want to do anything. I still kept busy. I, um, I went to youth group a lot, which was pretty much what saved me as a teenager I feel like um kept writing kept just sort of finding things to do that kept me out of the house that kept me away from what was going on and some of that was good some of that was bad I ended up being pregnant at 18 and having my little beautiful baby at 19 <laughs> I did graduate wow okay <laughs> I graduated um high school and I didn't know what I was going to do because now I was also a new mom. I met my now husband when my kid was about six months old. Well, I, I shouldn't say meet. We started dating then because we actually met when I when we were 16. We just didn't date at the time, which is probably for the best because we probably want to last him. So we started dating at 19. Um, and 15 years later, we're still together. But um, don't do the math. Congratulations. I don't need to know how old I am. Thank you. Um, and so he was going to college that September. This was in June. He was going to college that September. And he's like, well, why don't you apply? And before I had gotten pregnant, I had gotten into all of the universities that I had applied to. I was going to go for acting. That's what I was doing. And I had a baby. Um, so I looked at what was available. There wasn't much left to apply for at the time. So I went into pre-community services, which was a one-year certificate program that really couldn't get you a job after. It was just like a one-year something. So at the end of that term, I was like, okay, well, I better find something I'm going to get a job in after because if I'm putting all this work in, I might as well do that. So I ended up switching over to community and justice services because the courses I had already taken cl most closely matched this program. So I didn't have to do a lot of new stuff. I could transfer over most of my credits. So there wasn't a heck of a lot of thought. It was just what will transfer over the most. And that's what it came to. Um, so I transferred over to that, did that, graduated at the top of my class, ended up doing my placement in alcohol addiction recovery house, which I absolutely loved. Tried to get a job in alcohol um, addiction after graduating. Um, and 
there's just no funding here for it. It's all government funded and it sucks our funding structures. So there was no jobs. <laughs> so then I ended up working um, in literacy. And I loved that for a while, adult literacy. That was a lot of fun. Again, right, that writing stuff. My contract ended with that. So then I ended up working in social services as an employment counselor for another few years um, before I was like, nope, can't do this anymore. And now I'm here. That's my short version. That was kind of long, but that was my short version. Just <laughs> version exactly. So, so you guys, what did you find that you liked about the addiction, working with uh, people that were addicted and and that sort of thing? Um, I really just like helping people, and the people that were there. Obviously, some of them didn't last. Some of them relapsed. That kind of thing. But the people that were there wanted to be there. They wanted the help, even if eventually they relapsed because it is a mental health illness. Um, they wanted to do it. They were trying. And so that was really important to me as well as, like I said, my mom's ex-husband, he was an alcoholic. So I saw him in a lot of these people and I'm like, okay, well you can get better. Um, as well, my brother, he, he was doing drugs and stuff. He, he actually died last year from a drug overdose. And so that was again, really super important to just let them understand from their family side what was happening as well as me understanding what was happening with them and by the way bridget just put up that she was taking five fifty thousand iu of vitamin d three times a week because she can't go out in the sun because she's got the same problem i do i can get a sunburn going from my car to my house <laughs> i slather that sunscreen on <laughs> And and you have to. By the way, this is a live presentation, and and I have got. To, I may have to leave here in just a moment. And Rob says the, to do something that is beyond my technical skills. So we need to we need to figure this out real quick. Rob, you said make you the host. How do I do that? Uh, look at the bottom right. You should when you look at the bottom where my little picture is. Okay, there's three buttons. You should be able to say make host. I'm hoping. Um, I can kick you from the studio. Well, can, that won't be the first time. <laughs> I can ban you from the studio. Place. Um, no, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm okay. afraid that's beyond our tec technical expertise. But we'll, okay. we'll figure it out. But I won't well, be gone long. You have to hurry so we can let our new guest in. Otherwise, I'll be sitting there like, hi, how the hell are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Well, you know, it's it's not like I have diarrhea or anything and I'll be gone a while. It's like, <laughs> just got, you know, I. I, somebody's coming to fix something in my house and they, they're coming three hours early, which is unheard of in the fix it industry. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can see three hours late, but three hours early. Nah, yeah, yeah. you know, but that's one of those things. And they, you don't ever turn an electrician away because you might never see one again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, so, but the, we, we all have to deal with life and, and, and what we've got to deal with there so i gotta ask you though because i i'm i'm a bit of a I, I i love sports and i love what you do with kickboxing how did you get so proficient at it to become canadian national champion and I... also go to pan american games and take the uh, uh, silver medal that's a great question i don't know i think because i'm a very like i like to break things down so when we're doing a move like jab or cross or kick or whatever i like to break it down into each of its independent parts 
and I slow it right down. So, so many people are all about, oh, I got to go fast. I got to go fast. Well, when you go fast at the beginning, that's when you F it up. It's really that simple. You have to slow it down. Um, and so that's what I would do. I would slow it right down. Then when I was really, really good at it slowly, then I would increase the speed and, and go. So I think that really helped. Um, I went to the gym a heck of a lot to escape the crazy that was going on in life. So that, that too. <laughs> um, and so a lot of practice time. Exactly. Practice makes perfect, right? Right. Um, so those are probably the two biggest things, slowing it down and just a lot of practice. You know, that's actually a good metaphor for life. Yes. If you, if you rather than go so fast and be slow it down, relax, yeah. take one day at a time and, and things will be, things will be great for you. So, uh, what was it like standing on the podium? Um, you're making me think now. So that was in 2016. Um, it was pretty awesome. Um, although I hurt my wrist, so I was in a lot of pain. It was like three times the size it should have been. Um, but it was it was pretty cool. I have the medal. I actually have a whole bunch of medals hanging up um, in my living room all across all across the ceiling. There's a bunch of medals all hanging up. Um, I have from the national champ. I've got a big belt that I haven't figured out how I'm going to hang up yet, but I want to hang that up with with the rest of them up there. So. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like, I'm finally accomplished. I could do it. And yeah, now I'm going to eat go. some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and and when you say accomplished, you're not a kidding. You were very accomplished. Um, I think so. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things I want people, I, I taught this to my kids, and I learned it when I started trying to teach firearms and tactical weapons and things like that. And I learned exactly the same way you did. And I found that I, you know what, Kevin, I would much rather teach a woman defense, tactical weapons, because most of them, no, so I didn't say all of them. Most of them do not come in with any preconceived ideas. So they listen and you can say now, with guys, I would show a move and say, now we're going to do this again because you think you saw this, but I'm going to show you what I actually saw. And with hand-to-hand -hand combat or with firearms, everyone out there thought they were dirty freaking Harry and could shoot the ass off a gnat flying, you know? And sorry, you're not. And one of the things I taught my children, I taught everybody else, and it's one of the things we need to live life by. My motto, in order to speed up, slow down. Make your movements, making the decisions. What happens during rash decisions? A lot of times it's coin toss. You got a decision, break it down for a minute. Talk to spirit. Let spirit come in and get let that intuition kick in. So that is great advice for life. In well, order isn't that to speed what COVID taught us? You would think... I hope so. It was one of actually the greatest things that I learned to dealing with the school. So um, my kid was diagnosed with autism when he was eight. And at that time, I didn't know much about it. I didn't know much about the school system. I was just thinking, oh, these teachers, they're, they're trying to do what's best for him. <laughs> Lies. Anyways, <laughs> so um, we'd go into these school meetings and they would say, um, we, we, we can do X, Y, Z for him. And we're going to put him in this class. and We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I go, Okay, sounds good. 
And eventually I learned not to agree with them when they say it and go, you know what? I'm going to think about that because what the school system wanted to do to, to my son is just push him kind of to the side. They didn't want to deal with him. Um, and I'm, we're still dealing with him catching up. He's in grade 10 now. So we're still dealing with him catching up because they just skipped a whole bunch of stuff because they just didn't want to deal with him. But, uh, they really, really hated when I'd say, let me think about that and I'll get back to you. Because once you actually stop to think about what they were offering and started to go, wait a minute, you're all you're offering is to put my kid in a class away from everyone else or to give him work that isn't at his level because you don't want to deal with um, anything else that might come out. I'm kind of like, hmm, I, no, I don't agree with you. You don't have my kid's best interests at heart. So yeah, that, that goes with all of life. Slow down. Take your time. There's no rush. And that led you to write the book, A Mother's Truth. Exactly. Um, and we're living through what will become part two. <laughs> okay. I'm taking notes now. So that one I had to like actually think back years and years and try to write it. Now I'm taking notes as we live. Awesome. 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 Hey, Kevin, can I take a moment to say hi to the tribe? Bangerang tribe, barefoot bangerang tribe. You're out there. Absolutely. With tarotwithanattitude.com. Y'all come in, see what's going on. Thank you for being here. And for all the rest of our listeners, we have a call-in number. Please, this is a lovely young lady that would love to answer your questions or whatnot. 206-408-1395. 206-408-1395. Give us a call and chat with us live. Kevin on Positive Talk Radio, you are awesome. Thank you for finding this young lady. She's she's tre tremendous, isn't she? And Bridget says she had two boys on IEPs. My one was a special education classes until middle school. I was lucky that school worked with us to ready for him for what for regular ed classes. Um, but but you that wasn't your experience, was it? Not from a lot of the teachers. Um, we're, me and my husband were actually just talking about this the other day. Out of all of the teachers that he's had, we really, really liked two of them. So um, my son is on IE, an IEP, which is an individual education plan. And so that is supposed to be individualized to meet their needs. So-so. Mm, um, the problem, at least here where in Ontario, it's drop-down lists. So you go in the computer system and you can only spit, you can only pick these specific items to go into their IEP. Well, that that's great, except you're still putting these kids that think outside of the box into a box. <laughs> so that doesn't really work. Um, he, my son is also on what we call an IPRC, which is an individualized placement review committee. And so that's what gives them the ability to put them into special ed classes or um, different classes of different sizes. So I think for my son, it would have worked had they left him in his the class that he had in grade four. The teacher there was amazing and it was a small class, but he was still having um, meltdowns. Nobody likes to talk about autism and violent meltdowns, but it's reality. And so he would have violent meltdowns at school. We'd be called from work. We'll pick him up. And so they're like, okay, well, let's put him in a different class. And let's put him in a different class. And they just kept moving him to different classes. And here's the th a big thing with autism. Now, everybody with autism is different, all right? But here's one thing that is, you know, pretty common. Routine. <laughs> 
people with autism, we love routine. So by taking this kid and dropping them into a different class every few months and not giving them a chance, to, of course, it's never going to work. You're not giving them a chance to get acclimated to the classroom. No, and that's that's a huge thing. And again, they're trying to do the one size fits all. But our life is not one size fit all. And 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 some of that comes down to this role and number. Things are happening, things are moving forward. And you know what? We need to just try to do. Go ahead, Kevin. I heard the beep beep. <laughs> Carry on. I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, the one size fits all just doesn't work. And that was another thing I did when I was working with addictions, was I started realizing a lot. Most people we deal with, this ain't their first time through the ringer, okay? You know, they've been through it three, four, five times. They could quote all that crap that's been given to me by the state of Florida, by everything else. And I'm like, but it didn't work. You know, we just got to keep doing it. So I started individualizing everything. Tara with an attitude stemmed from that of, hey, we're just going to talk street. We're going to talk straight up. And- You know what? When you realize that everybody is an individual and just because you and I have similar backgrounds, our individualities, the way we came up, the way we came into them are completely different. And and just because something would work for me doesn't mean it works for you. Exactly. Well, that's why I do my YouTube channel, The Write or Die Show. Um, and it's not right. It's right. Like you're writing something right. for anybody who wants to go check it out. So the, for the writer die show, I was thinking we, I interview other authors. We talk about mental health because we are all individuals, like you said. So one coping strategy might work for that person, but it doesn't work for the next person and the next person. So what we do is I get them on the show. I talk what their story is and I say, Hey, what's your coping strategies? And they share it in hopes that maybe it will help one or two other people. Right. Exactly. You know, and and that's what's funny. And, you know, Bridget put down here, I can't highlight anything. Kevin has to do it. But, you know, that uh, you have to advocate like yourself. And let me tell you something. And I I remind people to speak up, speak the hell up, talk for yourself. Nobody will advocate for you like you. Yeah. Like for your son. Nobody's going to advocate him like you will. So that's, you know, Bridget, that's a very strong thing. And let's see what's, you know, what's, what's going on there. So, uh, you know, a lot of these writing is key. And one of the reasons I tell people why writing is so healthy is it makes our brain slow down. We're putting a physical activity to a mental thought. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people are like, well, I can think through all this. No, you can't. You never bring anything to completion. All right. And there's a lot of times if you just start writing, okay, one fluid thought to its end, your brain gets to take a break and go, oh, okay. Now you read it back and you're looking at it from a different perspective. What do you think, Randy? No, that's that's exactly it. Especially a lot of our, our brains, they don't think in one straight line, right? And so I, I love how you're explaining, you know, that fluid thought, because it's not one straight line. You you start here and you go around and about and it's all over what my husband likes to call the Randy roller coaster when I'm telling a story <laughs> all over the place. And so 
when you do, you go back and you look and you, then you can go, okay, well, this part matches with this part down there. This is a completely separate thought that I can deal with later now. But while it's up there in your head, it's up there in your head. You have to get it down on paper. So you go, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to forget it now, but it's not part of the solution I'm working on right now. Exactly. And it helps you prioritize and don't just write it down and throw it away. Take it. And then you can start actually line iteming things and going, oh, let's put these puzzles together. This piece doesn't belong with this at all. So now I need to figure out which one I'm going to deal with first. Yeah. It really helps us. I also tell people in writing. So I'm, I'm, I love that you're doing the writing thing. Um, you know, when I'm working with them in coaching or whatnot, when I was doing addictions and counseling and therapy back in the day, one of the things I, I reminded people when I can't go to sleep, I can't get any rest. The hamster wheel starts turning, you know? So I teach them some mindfulness exercises, go to bed, give it 20 minutes. If you can't get up, have a pad and paper ready and start writing down the thoughts that were going through your head while you were trying to sleep. Yeah. I get a lot of good stories out of that. Oh yeah. You know, it, it is the basis of good stories, but most people get up and then what they do is they either go to YouTube, go to Facebook. They don't ever deal with what's rattling around up there. Okay. Or they fill it up with more crap. You know, you heard me yell bangerang at the beginning, our bangerang tribe. We yeah. yell bangerang because we remember what we put out is what we get back. Well, I thought you and were just lot. quoting Hook. No, no that's <laughs> where, but that's where I got it from. Okay. And the okay. whole idea is, is being able to reclaim your magic and fly through gratitude yep. and understanding. But what I want you to see is that what you put in a lot of time is what you put out. Mm-hmm. It controls. So you got to be careful. And I see people, I can't sleep. So what do you do? They get up and then they turn on forensic files. You yeah. know, people kill people. I, well, yeah, that's going to give you a really good night's rest. You know, <laughs> stop turning oh, on the tube, leave the phone, everything turned off and walk over and start writing about what's keeping you awake. Yeah. 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 I also like to I'll sometimes put on like a meditation. And that helps me to fall asleep too. I have mm-hmm. I have an app. What's it called? I think it's called Let's Meditate. And Let's I just meditate. Yeah. All right. And they have a bunch of different ones on there. And it's totally free because I'm not paying for it. But so there's a bunch of different ones on there. So you just pick whichever one you you like the voice of. I, I like the one woman's voice. Um, so I I put her on, and usually within five minutes, she puts me to sleep. It's great. That's good. You know, Bridget's saying, uh, I fall asleep to daily minds or uh, criminal minds daily you know some people can it's just the background noise you're not really (laughs) you know or whatnot i you know i on the other hand and being 14 years of police work i had to stop watching it because it was i I loved the show especially the mandy patankin years you know uh you know i am an ego montoya it's one of those things you know where what you know but for me some of it started to become too real because yeah. i could relate back so that's why i'm like very careful about what i watch before i go to bed or whatnot my ghost shows my paranormal shows my et shows 
I can go right <laughs> to sleep because I'm very comfortable with it. Oh, that's funny. Know? Yeah, we've been rewatching Criminal Minds because it's on Disney Plus. So I, I usually end up falling asleep to it because we're watching it and it's just like, oh, I'm tired now. <laughs> I, I love out. Criminal Minds. It's on Disney or Discovery? Disney. It's on Disney. Yeah. Okay. This is what happened when the queen poisoned, you know, Cinderella or Snow White. Which one? (laughs) You know, we have to figure it out. Yeah. We got to figure it out. (laughs) You know, what was the one with the doink, doink, you know, doink, doink, uh, uh, criminal, whatever it was, SVU, special victim. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about now. Yeah. You know, different things. It's funny what we do. Now, I've got a question for you. I have an answer for you. When you did the kickboxing thing Mm -hmm. and you started into it, why kickboxing? Was it an idea just to begin with self-defense or it just looked like something cool? What was it that led you into that trail? Um, Cute butts. (laughs) So um, I'll I'll actually explain, but... So we had put our, our kid into jujitsu. And so he was five at the time, I think. And so he was in it. And during his jujitsu class, there was an adult cardio kickboxing class also taking place. And I would I would watch them all the time. And I said to my husband the one day, I go, those girls have really nice butts. I want a nice butt. Turns out they're actually, they're also runners. And that's where the butt came from. But uh, okay. I didn't know that at the time. So I was like, I'm going to try it. So I tried it. And I was like, this is a lot of fun. Okay, maybe I'm going to try regular kickboxing class. Because that was just the cardio. So I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go try the regular class. So I went and I did it. And I'm like, this is so much fun. And that's it. You know, a good activity like that too. It's good It's good for the brain. Like you oh, said. Oh, yeah. Very good so much thinking. When when new people start and I'm coaching them, they're always like, they're, it's there's so much to think about because you think you just go in, you're like, I'm going to hit stuff. And I'm like, okay, put your elbows in, put those up here. You got to turn that over, turn this over. You're on the balls of your feet. Like it's just, there's a lot that you don't think about. Yeah. Bridget's saying, you know, I'm seriously considering a boxing workout. They have one here in, on orange Avenue, but again, I'm so lazy. (laughs) You You know, What's the cure to lazy? It's that first, you know, I tell people all the time, and I used to, when I was doing group therapy, I would say, okay, we're all going to practice the first move to doing something. And I would say, okay, stand up. (laughs) And everybody's like, okay, now what? No, that's it. That's the first move. It's (laughs) true. Just get up. We become creatures of habit because it becomes very comfortable. To put on our warm fuzzies, I have what I call the blank. My wife bought these things, and I call them the blanket of death because <laughs> they're, they're just the right weight with our AC and the fan and everything oh, else. Yeah, yeah. And when I sit there in the evening, at one point, she'll hand me the blanket and say goodnight, you know, because it becomes comfortable. And you know what? When we are talking about depression earlier, people can become comfortable in their depression. Oh, I was super comfy in it and for a long time until yeah. I decided I was going to kill myself. And I was like, ooh, this is this not good, bad. Yeah. You know, who's going to grow your, my kingdom? Your kingdom can wait for an hour while you go to class. That's hey, you know, it, It'll be fine. You might even see that your kingdom 
is going to grow even bigger because you might fire some endorphins or something in your brain to be like, oh, you know, give you some clarity or whatnot. You know, what do you think? I agree. Bridget, what kingdom? Tell me what kingdom. You know what she's talking about? I'm assuming it's a game. I'm assuming it's like an app or something. I don't know what one. I'm a gamer too, to a degree. Not as much. I haven't played in days. I I like uh, puzzle games. Okay. I'm I'm all about puzzles. Absolutely. I'm the old RPGer. I'm still playing Diablo. You know, things like that. My sons are all, you know. I used to really play. What was great was when my boys were all home. Uh, We played World of Work. Uh, you know, uh, Evermerge is that? Oh, I've evolved. heard of that. I, I have to check it out. I have to. Check, I want simple and easy and and whatnot. But we used to play, you know, uh, World of Warcraft as a family. Oh, that'd be fun. We had intercoms in all the rooms. Everything. It was great because whenever we got together, we went through all the dungeons. We had everybody we needed, you know. And somebody would say, you know. And my dad was like, you know, he was a Baptist minister. And the first time he saw us playing um, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, that's evil. That's wicked. That's whatever. I said, you know what? You and I did nothing together. Okay. Me and my kids killed a dragon last night. <laughs> I love it. We'll, we'll play Mario Party together. <laughs> Mario Party. I love Mario Party. And when they just came out with that Mario Party superstar like a couple months ago, just for Christmas, I think, I was so excited. So my mom got it for me for Christmas. And I was like, oh, we're only playing the N60, N64 games on it, all the mini games. I'm like, this brings me back. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I keep saying I'm going to buy one of those things that has all the old, you know, like I'm in the dunk hunt, duck hunt era, you know, <gasps> the first Mario, you know? Yes. And, yeah. and we even back in the day with the VCRs, you know, yep. we video recorded it to figure out how it worked. Okay. Really? Oh, yeah. And then super paused it and we could see the box that the light was hitting. Huh. So we knew the radius. Talk about the ultimate in cheating. We knew the exact area of a duck. If you got within so many inches and I forget what it was, wow. you were who golden. Needs- who needs a game genie when you got a VCR? Exactly. Yeah, like, for that one, genie? anyways. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Apparently, I ended this conversation at the, exactly the right time. You know what I have in my house? What's that? Do you remember, <laughs> you're old enough to remember, the back in the late 70s, a, a video game came out called Asteroids? Oh, my God. I think Dude, everyone I loved Asteroids. Asteroids. I have got... A game, I have got a vintage game system in my house, a stand up uh, game like you get that you put quarters in. Oh, like the yeah. arcade game? An arcade game that's got 3,000 games in it. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so, what happens when you get to, because I, I, I would be running through those games. What happens when you, oh, you've got 3,000 different types of games? 3,000 within that, that rather than having just the one game like they used to yeah it's got it's got uh asteroids it's got all all kinds of you know sports game all all sorts of stuff but that's cool uh, and it's got and it's stand up and with the joystick and the ball and everything oh yes it's a it's a stand up it's got a a 32 inch screen and all that stuff oh nice wow yeah 
And that was a toy for that I bought for myself. I don't blame you. I like that. I like it. Bridget, don't 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 tell Gillian, but I'm trying to ease my way into turning our dining room into a pool room. So I'm putting a <laughs> pool table does it in there. Does it have crystal castles? It probably does. I haven't looked for crystal castles. I don't know that one. I don't either. I, I I have no idea on that one. I was a I Mario do... person though. Like I love all things Mario. Yeah, and the other one was the one, and that might be Crystal Castles is the one where something was in the middle and everything kept spinning around and you had to shoot and try to get to it before it blew up or whatever. I don't remember, you know. But uh that you know, that was just it, you know. By, by the I way, I had Randy... the original pong. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> You know, you, Randy, when I left this conversation, we were talking about abuse and, and stuff. And then when I come back, we're talking about uh, Mario Brothers. I, this has taken a weird turn. We're just going with the flow. We're just following the dopamine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, you know what? She just very politely told you to lighten the hell up. Yes, she did. <laughs> that was, I love that. I love that. Kind of like in the South. God bless you. Bless your heart. Yeah, oh, you yes, you're hot. my mom would tell you to go to hell by going, mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, what was that? Uh, let me know how that works out for you, Rob. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> yeah, with me trying to turn it. I, I, I'm looking at a dartboard, different things, you know, because I got to get Bruce over to teach me how to throw darts. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I'm telling her. But you know, we have this nice dining room and everything, and it's it's beautiful. There's two of us. <laughs> we never eat at it. When the kids came over at Thanksgiving, we were like, okay, it was cool to see it all decorated up through the holidays. All right. And we did. We had one dinner at it. And then other than that, you know, I think it would be much better served as a game room. I, I do too. Plus, yeah. it'll raise vibes and I, I would I would do that if it was my house, but we that don't really would... have a dining room. Our dining room is kind of like a weird walk through from the living room to the kitchen, and doesn't it? It just doesn't make sense to put a table in it. It just wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So Kevin, yes, is he still there or is? Uh... Oh yes, I've 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 given him his his set of projects, and if you see a, a man going like in my background, that would be him. Okay, because uh, he's he's got to work right over here and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it's it is what it is. Well, he better I, watch his step. That looks like a drop from there, man. If he's walking behind you. <laughs> By the way, Reverend Rob, um, you need to get a virtual gaming system. You can play <gasps> ping pong yes. in a, in a room, and 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 it's an actual ping pong game, and 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 some and they've got pool and other stuff like that, and that eliminates the need for you to uh, transform your dining room, and which will probably transform your marriage. But do you, well, do you, we have uh, we've got we have all of them. We're kind of a gaming family, and she, you know, what was funny, and I will tell you this: when we, you know, we were talking about background noise, things like that. I stopped playing for a while because just busy, things like that, and felt like I needed to do something more with my time. You got to step away from those things every now and then to remind yourself there's other things to do. Yeah, <laughs> but, but 
she came to me one time. She said, I need you to start playing your game again. I'm like, why? One of my little follow around familiar demons, whatnot. And he would always do things and make noises. And she missed that noise of him grumbling while she was sitting there writing something, reading something, doing work or whatnot. So uh, that was one of the things that led me back into it. So, uh, yeah, that was funny. That was funny. But I do have the VR through the PlayStation. Okay. Um, I was going to do the computer one. What is it? The Oculus or whatever. That's what we have. Okay. You don't you don't have to set it up with the computer. It's just like an nope. app on your phone. So the games you have an app on your phone. You find the game, and then it downloads downloads into the actual like thing. So you don't oh. have to have it plugged into nothing. Well, I, I I can't. This was two or three years ago. Yeah. Um. So the play PlayStation. I dropped like seven hundred bucks. You know, yep, to get yep. this one. And we said this is going to be our dedicated VR system. And and you know why? I wanted to play some of the other games on PlayStation, but then we also play Switch. That's where I play Diablo. Mm. And the buttons are different, and I'm too old to adjust <laughs> from game to game. It's like, ah, you know, I get frustrated and I throw it down. So now all of my, my RPG games, things like that, are on Switch. My VR games are on PlayStation, so it keeps me it keeps me settled, you know. So I'll have to see if they have something like that, Kevin, on the PlayStation. I haven't checked it out in a while. They probably do. Probably. I, I love the Oculus. It's so much fun. It is. It, it is, and especially when you are uh, in the air in that thing, and your brain is telling you you're going to fall and it's going to hurt, and you're standing in your living room. Um, I but, know it's so freaky. My kid yeah, downloaded was, a game like that. Yeah, I've got one that is a um, you're on a roller coaster. Oh yes, but you're going through this haunted, and zombies are coming out, and you're trying to oh, shoot, yeah. and it gets so intense. I I don't play it for a while because it's like no. Those ones give I, me a little headache. Yeah, and then my son likes to walk up behind me and then tickle my head. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you little bastard. What are you doing? <laughs> He's about twice my size. <laughs> oh, kids. Aren't they great? Oh, uh, yeah. Here you go. Hi, Dad. What? You know? Yep. So, uh, dude, yeah. I'm 60. I might have a heart attack and die. Then I get your PlayStation. You know? It's <laughs> Randy Lee, I got to tell you, you are, you're a kick. You're a lot of fun to be around. You know that? Thank you. I'm having so much fun on this show. Anytime, anytime you want me back. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. That's fine with me. Exactly. Cause you, you're going to have to come back. Don't you think Reverend Rob? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can't wait to talk. We got so much to talk about and things to do. So uh, we got to know if his wife agrees to the game room. So. Yeah, you know what? She's as much as it sounds like she's pretty easy going. You know, she she lets me get away with a lot of stupid stuff. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Now, and by the way, guys and gals, if you're listening, in the next hour, which we are just going to continue straight through, we have a gentleman by the name of Peter Honigman, and he is a grandmaster. He's worked under a grandmaster in. Ken Poe, do you know what Ken Poe karate is, either of you? No. 
uh, karate. So that's a different style, different form, different functions. Yeah. So that's a lot of it's just a different way the the, the moves flow. Mm-hmm. You know? And he has developed a system. He calls it the BDC system, and it's best defense concepts. And it's for people, both military and uh, individuals, on how they can protect themselves if they get into a situation that nobody ever wants to be in, where somebody's trying to hurt you. Uh, you now, now, Randy Lee, you could just kick them right um, in the head. <laughs> can you still kick that high? Um, I think so. I still, I've still been doing um, stretches and stuff. I've, I've had a lot of health issues lately, so I've kind of taken a little bit of a break. But I mean, when I had cancer, I came back and I could still kick people in the head. So you know, it's fine. You had cancer. Apparently, I've missed part of this conversation. <laughs> well, no, that's I a just first. Just dropped that's a bombshell. So that's the next conversation. Is let's talk about next time you come in beating cancer and Sounds the mindset good. and things around it. So. Yeah, see, I just wanted to leave you wanting more. <laughs> well, so did my ex. <laughs> and yeah, no, not anymore. <laughs> yep. My ex and I got along so well, she changed her last name after we got divorced. So she no wow. longer exists. So wow, that, wow, works, wow. Works, works, works for me. So, so how long ago did you have cancer? Uh, three and a half years. And I assume that you are cancer-free today? I am, as far as I know. <laughs> there you go. God Congratulations and good for you. Thanks. Really yeah, it was you. it was interesting time. <laughs> I, You know, I can only imagine, uh, because I've never had that happen to me. Now, my brother had stage four lung cancer. Oh, my. And so he, and he has subsequently passed away. But that's one of those things where you, that conversation that you have with with your doctor mm-hmm. um would be would be would be would be hard it would be would be hard because you don't really think about it like that yeah by the time he came in to tell me i kind of had a feeling so um i was told in january of 2018 sounds right um that i had pre-cancer and i was like okay what's that mean and he goes well we're just gonna do a surgery we'll just take out this little bit here it was cervical cancer we'll just take out this little bit and it'll be fine I said, okay cool so i had first surgery and so they went they took the little part out. he goes okay i'll see you back in eight weeks and that way you can heal up and we'll, we'll do your checkup one week later he calls me well the nurse calls me uh the doctor wants you to come in today um, I'm busy today. No, no, he he needs you to come in today. So I kind of knew what he was gonna say. Like it, it couldn't yeah. possibly have been good news, right? Right. <laughs> so um, I got my in-laws to to watch my kid, and I go in and sit and wait and wait and wait, and then go go into the actual room. He comes in, he sits down. The first thing he says, he goes, "You already have kids, right?" I was like, wow. "Yes." Me and my husband had already decided not to have any more. So he had a vasectomy two years be- before that. So now we joke that we're super safe. There we go. <laughs> um, and he said that it wasn't pre-cancer. When they ran the, the test on the part they took out, it was full cancer. So I would need to have another. And I was like, okay, you, you could take it. I don't need any more. You could take it. And I just <laughs> kept repeating that <laughs> because I wasn't really processing. Like, you, you could just take it. Yeah. And uh, he goes, well, you have to finish healing from this one 
before you can have another surgery. And I was like, but, but you could take it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I waited the, the eight weeks to, to heal up from that one. Then I had the, the hysterectomy after. Um, and then after that, if, like about five days after that, I was back in the hospital because I got an infection and was dying. Um, I couldn't barely even stand up or anything. So they were poking me with all sorts of needles and IV and I had to stay there overnight and they did all sorts of tests and stuff to make sure what the issue was. And they gave me a bunch of, bunch of medicine. So then I was all better from that. So then, uh, three and a half years later, I'm all good. There you go. There you go. Were there any side effects from the hysterectomy? I know um, that's a lot of people's biggest fear is not the hysterectomy, but the side effects that come for the woman afterwards. Um, I don't. And if you don't want to disclose, that's oh, okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't care. I'll talk about anything. Um, I don't think so much. So I do have a little bit of a bladder prolapse. So what that means is that the bladder normally it sits on the uterus in a in a female body, and so with the uterus gone, it wants to it wants to come down. Um, so for any any woman though, even if you haven't had a hysterectomy. And actually anybody, because even men can have this issue as well. Um, it just falls out the other end. <laughs> um, it, it's all about your pelvic floor muscles, which both men and women have. So you need, you can see a pelvic floor physiotherapist and they'll give you all sorts of exercises to, to help prevent that. So she's been pretty awesome. So it's not, it's not coming out. It's still there. Um, and, but even any anybody who has any kind of bladder control issues, like so many women always go, I, I can't I can't jump because I'll pee myself because I had kids. True, but you can do things to make it better, right? You don't have to live like that. So um, yeah, I, that's been a big thing. And I think more just emotionally was more the issue because going back to doing married adult things was more of like getting over it in my mind than anything physically. Um, right. So that, that was the biggest thing. And it took me a while before I would even tell my husband that was the issue. It would always just be like, Nope, 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 Nope. <laughs> oh, and then I eventually like told him why it was always Nope. So that was probably bigger, but physically um, no, it's great. Cause I don't have a period no more. <laughs> Do you hear that? You hear that, Kevin? I'm glad you came back. In I, I came in at the exact wrong time again. <laughs> and, and besides that, and since we've been talking, I've spent five hundred and fifty dollars. Aren't you proud of me? Boom! Holy there moly. we go. We should have a cash register sound. Cha ching! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we should. Because yeah. So anyway, that that's what it, that's what it costs. So. Um, you gotta do what you gotta do. That that's right. So it's it's been such a pleasure having you here. Um, as a matter of fact, um, if you if you got if you got nowhere else to go, Peter's just checking in right now, and you, you're welcome to hang out with us if you want to. Um, I actually have another interview that I'm doing in a few moments, so I do have to go. It's but I am. Be, it's not going to be anywhere near as good fun no, as this one No, it's not, was. but I've already agreed to it, right? Okay. So, yeah. But anytime you want me to come back. Just, you know, hit me up. I'm totally down for coming back. It was so much fun. And you let us know. We'll be glad to join you on your podcast. Yes, yeah. So shoot me an email and then I'll reply and we'll do 
Well, and I've got and 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 Peter's here, so don't go away, Peter. We'll be right with you. But I one one less one less thing is that uh, I need to talk to you about KKNW eleven fifty AM because I also do a radio show there three days a week, and that you would you would be a lot of fun to have on that show. Yes, definitely. I'm so down for that. So we will talk. We will. I will. I got your email. I I'll find. I'll find you. That's right. So You'll find me and everyone else can find me at RB writing on Facebook, Randy B writing on Instagram and my write or die show also on TikTok. <laughs> and that's right. W R I T E. Yes. You know, not, not ride, not yes. right. R I G H T right. And I right. love that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and th- thank you so much, Randy Lee. Yeah, you have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you for having me and have lots of fun with the next guest. Absolutely. We, we will. We're going to introduce him right now. So, bye. Kevin. Yes, sir. Why don't you tell everybody first about Positive Talk Radio? Help us out here. Let people know where they can donate and everything else. Oh, I know. But we 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 ran long, didn't we? So we weren't able to get that done. But you can you can go to uh, positivetalkradio.net. Uh, we are, we've got some big doings happening here with Positive Talk because Rob Reverend Rob Lee is joining the team, and he's going to host. And then starting next week, well, actually starting this week, he's hosting with me the shows that we are doing and going to continue to do on Friday. We have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful tarot card reader on KKNW. His name is Reverend Rob Lee. And we're Whoa. also doing some other things. And we're going to be start doing on Monday, two hours a day, five days a week, Eastern time, five to seven o'clock um, on Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. It's two to four Pacific time. And we're going to have a bunch of guests. We're going to, uh, Reverend Rob's going to do some cards. We're going to do a bunch of, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to do this on a regular basis because our goal is to be positive in the world and to create something really good for folks that they can take a time. Instead of watching CNN, watch us for a couple hours a day. You'll have a lot more fun and you won't feel quite as, you won't need to take a shower after it. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely and also help us keep this going if this is spoken to you and you like to see this help us keep this ball rolling go to uh positive there's a donation button whatever it lays on your heart you want to talk to me directly tarot with an book a session got some classes you'll be able to see it all there very good and uh, i'm and uh, uh peter is with us and uh Woo-hoo! And Peter, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. And first of all, I got to introduce Reverend Rob Lee again. He's a former police officer. Wow. He he did uh, um, defense training for okay. other officers, and that's so. So I actually brought somebody who knows something about what you do here because I know nothing about what you do because I'm <laughs> not that. You're welcome, you know, but yeah, that was a long time ago. I'm sure a bunch of stuff has changed. So I am anxious to hear what the new guys are learning. And I'm always anxious to hear something I can add to my stuff. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So thank you very much. Peter Honingman, if you want to go to his website, you can, which I need to pull it up. What's your website, Peter? Bestdefenseconcepts.com. 
There it is. Bestdefenseconcepts.com. And you, now let's talk about you a little bit. Tell us about yourself, how you got into this work, and what, what it is that you are doing these days. All right. Um, well, probably not got into it the, the way that many people do. Uh, you know, my, my main job is I'm an attorney, and I've been doing practicing law for about 24 years. Um, been doing so you need to be able to defend yourself (laughs) certainly when people get the bill you know people get a little angry yes uh fortunately i'm not doing that anymore i I now work the last three years i work for legal aid so i don't bill anybody anymore i just offer them legal assistance over the phone so i get to help people without the the negative part of it so um but before you know before that's you know in high school is when i kind of started in, in traditional martial arts kempo karate and um, con- continued through the years, just doing you know, various types of martial arts. And, you know, at some point I realized I really wanted to be teaching. Uh, you know, I'd be in a class and someone would be instructing and I would be thinking to myself, I could do that or I could do it better than they're doing. Uh, and I really wanted to be doing it. So, you know, in 2012 is when I really kind of broke out and decided I, I was going to do it and uh, started teaching basically a senior self-defense class uh, for the Vernon Township area that I live in. And uh, that was, it was a little tough to convince them because I said, hey, you know, you guys, you know, you don't offer a lot of uh, different uh, things for seniors. Would you like to have a self-defense class? Like, uh, we offered a self-defense class a few years ago. No one signed up. I said, well, what did you do? What did you have? They showed me the flyer. It was a woman who did traditional self-defense but was charging, I don't know, it was $175. Something, it was a lot and no one signed up. I said, I tell you what, I don't care what you charge for the class. I don't even need to get paid. I just want to get out there and meet people and teach. So they gave me an opportunity. I had about eight seniors signed up, and then things just kind of snowballed from there. Wow, that's cool. I could qualify for that class because I'm a senior. What's well, it, what's what's it like teaching senior self defense? Actually, they're one of the best groups I teach. You know, so I do a lot of senior self defense seminars and presentations, uh, libraries. Uh, retirement places, you know, just about any place you can think we have groups of seniors. And I've got a plate, you know, on free, there's a, a website out there called freespeakers.org. And basically they have all sorts of speakers who will speak on any topic for free at no charge. And so I do that just as a community service. And I get a lot of senior uh, centers that call me and want me to come out. And they're, they're very engaged. They ask a lot of questions and the actual classes that I teach with them, you know, I do a lot of cane defense, for example. Um, so I'll, you know, everyone gets a cane and then we start, you know, working it out and, you know, it's a little dangerous for me because you give them a weapon and they start swinging it around and they're having a great time, you know, and I got to watch it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're, they're great. They want to learn a lot and they're happy to do whatever, you know, and sometimes there's, they're a little too enthusiastic. So I have to be a little careful, watch their balance and things like that. Cause I don't want anyone getting hurt. Uh, but I really enjoy it. it it's a lot of fun. And then you know, in addition, they'll tell me a lot of stories. I've, I've actually had people tell me a lot of stories about things that have happened to them. Uh, and I, I, I'm happy they've been willing, you know, felt like they could share those stories with me, although sometimes they're, you know, rather um, difficult stories, you know, to listen to. So do you also uh, teach them walker defense? <laughs> yeah, do they take the tennis balls off? You know, <laughs> You know, you get, and I've got people hey, of, of every, every uh, level of capability, right? From, you know, can do a lot of stuff to can't do much at all, right? So you're in a walker, wheelchair, a lot of stuff I teach you couldn't do. And I like, I, all I can tell them is, look, you're you're only capable of doing what you're, what you can do. So, you know, for a lot of people, 
if you're in a walker, maybe the best defense for you is going to be possibly carrying pepper spray. You know, it's something that you can use easily, uh, works at a distance, very effective. You know, it's not it's non-lethal so that, you know, it's I've got a whole range of uh, options that I can use for people depending on what they're capable of doing. You know, Peter, I got an idea for you. We need to do partner on this. A walker where the cylinder has pepper spray in it with a nozzle and a trigger. <laughs> you know, kind of like the bat walker, you know, it would be yeah. like Batman when, when he's 80, you know, <laughs> or whatnot, but you know, people at the, and then they could sneak that in to all the ALFs and the, and the nursing homes and, uh, you know, talk about bringing to tears. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yes. No, but you know, seniors need that. They need that mind engage. And, yeah. and when I'm talking about seniors, I'm talking about 55 up. Anybody that's starting to, leave work behind the brain you're not thinking all the time it helps to stay active stay i don't know what i do but i wasn't doing a lot of a lot of the youtube stuff now mm -hmm. you know because i'm i'm working from home i i would go crazy after a while i'm like we, we got to go out i got to get outside i got to see the sunlight i got to do different things but it's an important concept for people even for people that are out of shape or whatnot to talk to you because it's a great way to get back in shape and you don't have to be Kwai Chang Kane to begin with, you know? Right. Kevin, did I test everybody's knowledge with the uh, Kwai Chang Kane Kung reference? The yeah, Kung just, Fu reference? I, I just watched an episode of that just the other day. As a matter <laughs> of and, and, it's interesting. Uh, he started out as a dancer and didn't know any martial arts and then kind of got more into it as he, you know, as he progressed. Uh, did he right. start out as a dancer, really? Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, David, even when he did, uh, he got much better at martial arts after um, yeah. uh, Kung Fu. Because yeah. when he yeah. started, it was just, as he put it, oh, it's all Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but but you teach the real thing, Peter. You 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 are able to talk to people about about self defense in a real in a real important way. You know, one of the important things that, you know, and to, to Reverend Lee's point there is that, you know, less less so the physical. I mean, that's obviously part of it, but really it's more the mental, right? You're really trying to tell people, hey, we don't want to get into fights. We want to avoid fights. How do we avoid fights? You know, how do we pay attention? You know, be more situationally aware about what's, you know, what's going on around us. You know, and that really does require just paying attention and watching people uh, and realizing that I can avoid situations if I'm aware of them, if I'm not aware of them, I can't avoid them. And now I'm going to be behind the eight ball when something happens. So I think a lot of what I try and do, I start off with that and emphasize that because I don't want anyone, you know, getting into fights. Exactly. By the way, if you would like to talk to Peter, if you have a question for him, see that little number that's scrolling across the screen down there. It's 206-408-1395. This may be a first. I was looking, Reverend Rob, and I was looking for another call in youtube show and i could not find one um, no i think we're, i think we're breaking a barrier here for youtube it doesn't you don't see it it's watch write and then email me you know yeah. and i think i think this is a great format i think we're going to be busting loose with this one you know so if so. you'd like to ask a question give us a call at that number and i will put you through to talk to peter Please or to it. reverend rob for that matter. So, so that would be, that would be awesome. So when did you start the, the, this whole going down this road with karate and, and, and stuff? And by the way, we were talking about it before. What exactly is, um, I'm looking for it here. 
What a, Ken Kenpo Karate. What is Kenpo? So you know, Kenpo Karate. It, it kind of Ed Parker was the guy who kind of developed it, and he was out of Hawaii. Um, become the father of, of Kenpo Karate, and it's a kind of mix of uh, Japanese and Chinese style. So you know, Japanese. Uh, Karate is much more of a linear, straight kind of striking art, while uh, Chinese Kung Fu tends to be more circular, uh, very different ways of approaching things. Um, so, you know, if you and if you combine the two together, you, you would kind of get what what Kempo is. Uh, so it, it's more of a traditional art. Um, and, you know, my instructor, who was, I think, one of the first six or seven black belts under Ed Parker. So Ed Parker came from Hawaii to the United States, and um, it was... You know, my instructor, John McSweeney, studied with him. And then he took what Ed Parker, five finger death punch, uh, he took what, uh, what, Ed, what Ed Parker taught him. And he kind of stripped it down because, you know, John, um, like I said, who's my first instructor. He wanted it to be a very simple, straightforward thing. He didn't care about belts. He didn't care about uniforms. He wanted self-defense that was simple and easy to use. So he had like 26 basic uh, situations where were common attacks. And he's like, this is what I'm going to teach. And that's it. You know, I don't care about anything else. And I liked his approach. And so that kind of formed, you know, my perspective on things. So as I've gone along through the years, I'm like, you know, I, I'm not really, I don't care about belts and testing and it, it doesn't mean anything to me. I could be, you know, I need to be able to provide knowledge to someone. So if they leave one of my seminars, if they learn one thing that could save their lives, they don't need a black belt for that. Right. So a lot of people don't have the time. They don't have the money um, to do years of training. And again, it, you know, what you want from training is going to depend on what kind of school you go to. So, you know, I, I kind of graduated or I decided to move on from the traditional because I wanted some more, I guess, practical aspects, particularly dealing with knives, because I was concerned about knives because they're very common. People carry knives all the time and they're difficult to defend against. So I moved on from there to more uh, realistic, uh, reality-based, you know, Krav Maga, which is an Israeli form of self-defense, uh, Filipino martial arts, Kali Eskrima, which is focused on knives and sticks, um, and some other things that, you know, now when people say, what do you teach? I, I don't teach a style. I just teach, I take the parts that I think are the simplest, the easiest to teach for people, most people to do and learn, and that's what I teach. So that's why it's self-defense. That's why I call it best defense concepts, because I'm trying to teach ideas rather than if somebody does this, you do that. Well, if somebody does that and you do this and it doesn't work, that's not going to work. I have to be able to be flexible. So you have to have an understanding of what the problem is and different ways to deal with it. And, you know, one of the things I'm glad to hear you say that I remember when I was in law enforcement, we'll go back to the 80s and early 90s. And one of the things we used to have to teach people, especially Males. I told Kevin earlier, I would much rather teach a female than a male because they're open. They're, you see, yeah. see that immediate, you know, they're not yeah. coming in thinking they're Chuck Norris and and, <laughs> and Dirty Harry, you know, and, and they don't have preconceived ahead, ideas, so they'll day. actually listen to you. One of the things we had to go real heavy into instructing police officers on, and I saw this on your site about your self-awareness of your surroundings or whatnot, mm -hmm. and you mentioned knives and other articles and different things. We had to literally remind officers, and I think people need to be reminded of this, especially in Florida, with as many people as I've got walking around with a concealed weapons permit, yeah. that sometimes going to that weapon is not your most optimal move. If mm -hmm. somebody's within 10 feet of you and they start moving, they've already gotten a jump on you. Yeah. If you're wasting time trying to do all this crap, 
uh, you, you could just be uh, writing your own, you know, death sentence. So yeah. that being in charge and being aware of your surroundings, I think is huge. And, and you know what? I even blend that into the spiritual. Where are you? What are you doing? What are the people you've surrounded yourself with? It's going to be yeah. a bangerang moment, Kevin. Bangerang. What you put out, you get back. But what you put in is what you get out. Yeah. And one of those things, I, I like what you're saying, and that, and I'm looking at your site. It's very interesting. What um, what do you think about uh, all right? So you you do senior citizens things like that, and I have been toying with the idea of going back. All right, mm -hmm. but because of 14 years of police work and me using my body as an amusement park <laughs> rather than a uh, you know a temple, um. Is there a specific, if I was going to go back to something, what would you recommend for somebody like me that wants to do it for weight loss, but might have leg joint and weight issues? Mm, yeah. You know, uh, maybe, I don't know if it surprised you to hear this, but I, I think that Tai Chi is actually a great, it's a great martial art that I suggest to a lot of people who have any particular movement issues because it is Number one, it's a very gentle art, right? It gets you moving, first of all, which is the big key to, first of all, staying in shape. I, you got to get out and get moving. It also gets you into usually a groups, you know, so you're getting together with groups of like-minded people who all want to kind of be healthy. And so I think that helps with the positive mental reinforcement. Plus, built into Tai Chi is our self-defense moves. They're not emphasized in this country as much as they are in China. We tend to just do them as a move, but the right instructors will say, okay, this move actually is for this particular attack or this kind of defense. Um, so I think that's a great way to get back into things and just get your flexibility and your movement going again, um, because it is still, you know, you take what you learned years ago, which normally that stuff's pretty ingrained. It doesn't go away. It just it takes some time to bring it back up. But as long as you can start moving properly, that's, I think, a big thing. Good. You know, Peter, uh, I, I've got I've got a really serious, important question to ask you. Yes, yes. And what in the world is a five-finger <laughs> death punch? You know, it's one of those, one of those, uh, mystical, one of those mystical things, you know, uh, that's supposed to be out there that you, you, you could do, uh, you know, certain, you can touch people in certain ways that are going to cause them to, you know, to die either now or at some later time in the future, right? It hits you in the right way, in the right spot, you know, um, and, uh, as far as I'm aware, touched to the right spot, and I thought I was going to die. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. There are certain tender Take spots. Take me now. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is that is so true. So so is there just to and I said that in in tongue in cheek, but sure. there really isn't a five finger death punch or anything like that. Not, you know, I, I can't say for sure about anything. I mean, I know what I know and I know what I think. So I, I, I'm not going to stand here and say that I know that nothing ever. Yes. It, kill Bill. Right. Uh, <laughs> so you watch the movie and clearly it exists. Right. So uh, uh, Keith Carradine with the death punch and, you know, so there it is all over. Uh, but <laughs> I guess the point is anything's possible, but as far as I'm aware, the only real ways to actually instantly kill somebody is to, you know, sever the brain stem, right. Um, remove their heart. Uh, you know, so th there's very few ways to instantly kill anybody really. You look at shooting people, right. You talk to, you know, cops have shot people numerous times. They keep fighting. You could stab and slash people, you know, multiple times. Um, you know, there could be serious internal bleeding, but they don't just die. Right. Um, in the so, movies, they do. Yes, they do. You know, the movies are always telling the truth. 
And the movies, the bad guys always suck at shooting. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you think that's true, don't come to Florida. <laughs> These redneck boys down here, we can shoot. Okay. Yeah, that scene would have lasted about 30 seconds. Yeah. No, that's very true. Uh so don't depend on people's lousy ability to, to you know, to shoot. Because, yeah, I, I anticipate that these guys are. Yes. No, no, that was ripping the heart out. That's... I remember Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You know. <laughs> Very nice. Nice. nice, 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 way, to, nice. way to recall nice. that. So. Oh, my, my, my tribe's doing me proud, Kev. <laughs> They're oh. they're engaged, and that's that. But and to do what you do, it's really good to have people that are engaged with, uh, wanting to take care of themselves and and to protect themselves. Sure. But is it? Do you find that there are a lot? And the stories, I'm sure you've heard a lot of stories. I've been around a while. I have not personally known anybody that has been really attacked or okay. or and had. But does that happen more than we would like to believe it does? You know, it, it, considering the fact that most of the seminars, uh, programs I've gone to, there's usually been at least one person in the group who's got some story, you know, some some level of attack that's occurred. Most recently, it was a few months last year, I, I donated to some charity uh, a two-hour self-defense class. So, you know, the people who, who purchased it invited me over. I was at a private home, and there was a number of women. It was a women's group, and I think there's eight or nine women. And out of that group, there were five or six who said that they had, and this is all, you know, they live in the Chicago area. Um, that had been attacked. One said that she'd been held at gunpoint. The other said that, you know, they'd been, you know, mugged um, in various different ways. So, yeah, I mean, it is, I'm not here to, see, one of the things is I don't, I don't try and instill fear in everybody and say, look, you're, you're going to be attacked. And like, no, it's more about preparation. It's really about this could happen to you rather than you thinking it will never happen to me, which I think is a fantasy, or I live in a place where those things don't happen. I'm like, well, that, those places don't exist. Um, bad things happen everywhere. So it's better to have some knowledge and to prepare yourself mentally and say, okay, this could happen. If it does, what would I do? Because if you're of the opposite mindset, which is it'll never happen to me and it does, you will likely encounter the one of the Fs, which is you have fight, flight, or freeze. And freeze is one of the most common things. People just don't know what to do, right? Mentally, they're just locked, locked up and there's nothing you can do. You don't want that to happen. So mental preparation is really important, realizing it's possible. And a lot of that is just what we said, like knowing your environment. You know, and I hear people talk about stereotypes and things like that all the time. And a lot of these people are talking, we need to change our stereotypes. Stereotypes are there for a reason. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that because our brain can only catalog so much information. And a lot of times those stereotypes have been built because we have learned fight or flight or freeze. Mm -hmm. um, it's better for me just to be safe and walk around this person, not go down this alley. Yeah. Different. Realize what's going on what, rather than walking through life with, oh, nobody wants to hurt me. And, you know, rainbows and unicorns are flying around everywhere. <laughs> you know? glasses, yeah. You know, so that's, I, I think you bring up a good point. It's not about... It's just about preparedness. It's about having your body ready for different things or whatnot. A lot of people I know that have concealed weapons permit, they're like, I swear to God, I hope I never have to use it. But I'd rather yeah. have it, okay? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and we were talking about that a little earlier, and, and I get that 
as well, that kind of mindset, which is, okay, I have a concealed carry permit. I, I carry my, my, my firearm with me. I'm like, okay, great. So you have a concealed firearm that's under your shirt somewhere, right? Under your clothing. And now you've got some guy who's holding a knife to your throat, or as you said, attacking from a distance, but even if they're closer and now they're coming, you know, as they're attacking you, your one response is I'm going to pull out my firearm by the time he stabbed or slit my throat or whatever. So that doesn't make sense. Number two, not everything that someone does to you, you can respond with a firearm because that is deadly force. Someone punches you in the face and you pull out your gun and you shoot them, you're probably not going to be able to argue that was self-defense. Now, again, the law is a gray area, but my point Welcome is- Welcome to Florida, baby. <laughs> Stand, your ground, the news. <laughs> Stand your ground. Um, but, you know, the, the whole idea is, you know, the old what? saying is, if you have a hammer, everything's a nail. Well, if I have a gun, it means I can shoot everybody and everything. Well, that's just not the case. And you're going to find that you may end up in jail or having huge legal bills or and or both uh, and also having taken a life. So, you know, I'm not saying don't do those things. Don't that's not I'm not saying don't have a weapon. I'm just saying understand the legal ramifications, what you can or can't do, and also have more in your toolbox than just I got a gun. And I think that's very important. And that that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. Whether I have a gun, whether I not, it's one tool. No carpenter has one tool in his toolbox. No painter has one paintbrush. Okay. It just doesn't work. Kevin and I, we have more than one camera. Okay. Those types of things. And you need to just be aware and full and understand this is what's going on. You know, I spent 14 years. I live right here where I policed at. Okay. okay. I still don't have a concealed weapons permit. Okay. okay. I, I don't walk around carrying a gun, but again, I don't walk in, you know, Oh, you know, all happy either. I watch this as I watch the crowd. I keep an eye out on what's going on, you know, or whatnot. And, and again, it gets back to some common freaking sense. And, and somewhere along the line, I feel like aliens came across our planet hovered over it, sucked the common sense off of it, okay? And those of us that were left inside, we kind of came out okay. Not everybody, but some of them. Some of them were standing next to an open window. So it's one of those things that we do. Just open your mind to different avenues, different things. And sometimes winning isn't everything. Right. Yeah. You know? And we need to learn that with our family. That's my biggest thing about police and military or whatnot. We're taught to win, 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 win. But they never taught us to spend the time that it's okay to go home and lose. Yeah. And that's the reason the divorce rate's so high and suicide rates are so high. You know, they don't know how to deal with it. So I, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the fact that you reached out and said, I'll do this for free. I just want to teach. That's the people we need. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And, you know, and what, what's interesting to me is that even when I do that, it still can be difficult to get people to attend these things, even when there's no cost to them. Because, again, as we as you're mentioning, it's it's mindset. You know, I, I don't want to think about the bad, nasty, possible things. And I prefer just to think everything's, you know, sunshine and, you know, roses and all that kind of stuff. But do what you can. Um, yeah. I think some people too were still in that mode. And this is one of the things I try to break people out of. I don't want to go there and embarrass myself. I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to look stupid. And you know what? 
Go, have a good time, get moving. That's another thing that keeps people indoors yeah. because they're so afraid of being judged. Screw ah, them, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I tell people, like, the same thing, which is you got to find, you need to find, if you're going to, if you're looking for a school, and uh, the first most important thing is, is the instructor. You have to get along, or you, you have to be comfortable with how the instructors instruct. Because I've had some who are very big on being more like drill instructors than a martial arts instructor. I don't react well to that. So, you know, when I teach, my classes are more lighthearted and humorous, even though it is a serious topic. Uh, I still think people do better when it's a little more lighthearted, you know, uh, and you can not berate people, but really work with them and say, okay, I understand you're comfortable. You're maybe you're not coordinated, whatever. We work on those things. It just takes time. Now in the land of COVID, have you mm -hmm. been doing zoom calls and, and zoom classes and stuff? Or are you, do you need people to be there? You know, I've had, I have actually had a couple of those uh, and there were, there were businesses. Uh, there was a business, uh, it was a bank, um, in Illinois. And then there was actually another, I think it was a marketing company in New York because they were having all these attacks against uh, their Asian employees. And uh, so they wanted something where they could just kind of bring somebody in to talk to them and give them some ideas. So, you know, I have done a few of those. Of course, it's not optimal, but it's better than nothing. Right. So. Um, yeah. And people can do it from their own living room. Then they don't have to uh, get embarrassed by getting out there in public and not being able to touch their toes. And, and it, 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 let's go back to the senior thing because you seniors are, and there's a wide range of, of abilities and, and yep. they're okay. And they're not okay. Do you, do you take it from a very basic position and just kind of move, get them to move a little bit and, and then move a little bit more and that kind of thing. Yeah, like you know, chair yoga. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's true. So you'll have, depending on who shows up, I try and assess everyone's abilities, right? So first of all, when people stand up, you're gonna you're gonna tell quite readily who's got balance issues. And I tell people, look, if you have a balance issue, feel free to stay seated, and we can do a lot of things from a seated position. So again, modification. So trying to understand, you know, I'll ask people, what do you have issues with? Because anything I tell you to do or I suggest we do in this class and you can't do it, I, I don't want you trying to do it. It doesn't make sense. So, you know, tell me what your issue is. I'll find a way to modify it so that it works for you. Um, so, yeah, you're going to have those people that have this, you know, different levels of either a background that they've done things before. I mean, I had one guy who was a World War II vet, but he was in a wheelchair and he was talking about the things he had done during war. It was rather graphic, you know, very different from the rest of the people who had probably never been in battle before. Um, you know, so very interesting and in, uh, different uh, kind of group of people there. So you do have to be able to modify it. And one size does not fit all. If Absolutely. Look one of my favorite, my favorite movie scenes is the movie, my girl and uh, the old guys are playing bingo and they get mad. And one of them's like, I'll kick your wrinkled ass, you know, and it's funny. And it takes them like five minutes to stand up, <laughs> 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 you know? So it, it and I'm getting there, you know, but, at, you know, I applaud that ability to have the mindset that I still want to thrive. I still yeah. want to be. And that's so important. It, yeah. and it really is. An, an as you know, since this is the first time in my memory that I've been 64. And so I'm, I'm going through a whole range of things on a continuing basis. 
and it would be really nice to to get back into some kind of a shape but it's it's harder to do when you get older yeah um, yeah it's we, called round <laughs> <laughs> well well but you know and some of us have had like I, I i was in i was playing basketball and i had back surgery because i i hurt my hurt my back yeah and then then i had a hip replacement and then then it goes downhill after that and now i've got a 20 year old hip and a 10 year old hip and i don't want to replace the 20 year old hip again right. so that limits me some more so it's not my fault damn it i'm telling you it's not my fault <laughs> Well, and I know the feeling, Kevin, a lot of people don't know, but a lot of people like Bridget and them do. You know, back when I was 40, I had a small brain bleed. I had an aneurysm and wound up in the hospital six days and nobody could figure out why they caused it. At that point in time, my doctor had to let them know I was doing a no salt diet. I was in the gym every day. I I was, you didn't want to, mm -mm. you confused me for a 40 year old person. You were in, you were in hurt. Okay. And I was going with my boys. We were having a ball. We were pushing each other or whatnot. I think I hit on the leg press. I was up like 800 pounds. Okay. Doing the leg press. Okay. This happens. Oh, I'm not allowed to go to the gym anymore. You know, because nobody knows why it happened. I'm on blood pressure medicines, everything else. And, and it's that whole thing of we get out of good habits and man, it's hard to get off that couch and get back out there because there's nothing stopping me now, <laughs> except to get out of my house. I got to go by the refrigerator. <laughs> you know? That's that's pretty handy right there. Yeah, it does. Oh, wait a minute, pecan pie in here. Okay, you, you know, know there there are. I mean, there are obviously there are things you can do at home, but you know. The problem with that is motivation at home is hard to get as well, right? I could be doing something else that's not working out. And sometimes there are other things, you know, do you have room in your house? Do you have a good spot to do these kinds of things? Um, but, you know, it's a place to start, especially if you're concerned about what others think about you or just you want to see what you're capable of doing. You know, there are certainly things that you can do at home at your own pace uh, to just try and get motivated a little bit. And then, but I think when it comes to self-defense, you know, at the end of the day, I can practice all the techniques I want in the air, but if I'm never hitting a pad and I'm never actually getting a little bit of resistance from a, of a live human, it, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't because I don't know yeah. what it feels like to, to punch something or hit something. And that changes the dynamic a lot. So, Peter, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, by the way, where are you based at? Where, where What city are you in? So I'm in the city of Lincolnshire, which is north of Chicago. So I'm about uh, 25 miles north of Chicago. Uh, so I'm, you know, relatively, you know, close to Chicago and kind of travel all around, at least when it comes to these classes. And I've got people who are, you know, asking me. I went down to Bourbonnais, uh, which is about an hour and a half away a few weeks ago because they have a, they had a, uh, a gym there that just opened up. And they're like, we need a class. And uh, so I went down there. So I, I travel around. I got to ask you, since you're just outside of Chicago, I keep hearing that uh, Chicago is a a very rough place to be and that there's a lot of shootings and stuff. It, is that is that true living there? I mean, you certainly hear plenty of bad news like you get like you said you know when you watch enough news what what is it if it leads if it bleeds it leads right i mean that's pretty much how it goes uh so you're going to hear all the bad stuff and yes there there's there's plenty of shootings you know carjackings um we're we're really high up in the list for those for whatever reason you got and you've got young kids who are engaged in these carjackings now i mean we're talking about 14 year old kids who are doing this stuff 
you know, to me, that's the one that really has been sticking out in my mind uh, that has been happening so frequently. But yeah, I mean, that we, we have plenty of uh, serious crime going on here. You know, I think just like anywhere else, maybe a little higher here, you just hear about it more. Um, so again, it's one of those things where you have to assess where you live, determine if you're in an area that might be more of a, some areas are going to be higher crime than others, no question about that. Uh, and then determine how you're going to live your life based on what you know and what you're able to do. I got to tell you one of the best self-defense stories I know, not having to do with me, all right? It had to do with my grandmother, Ooh. okay, who was one of those old Southern things. When I was in police work, I get a call. Somebody just tried to carjack your mother, your grandmother, my grandmother, Lee. First thing I said was, well, are they okay? Because she's, you know, and, and, and my dad was a little pissed or whatnot, but because it, it was his mom. Yeah. But the officer was like cracking up. He's like, she's a trip. And I'm like, what happened? He jumped in the car right in the middle of downtown. Now this is Palatka, Florida, goat roping channel, you know, capital of the world. All right. But she is old Southern. They grew up there, been there. We're fourth generation Floridians. And okay. she's like, I ain't playing with you. And she was rough when she was growing up. You know what she did? He put a gun at her. Yeah. Said, take me here. She reached over, turned the car off, threw the keys out the window, and said, if you're going to shoot me, shoot me right. And she wasn't in the religious type. F in here so my family can find the body. <laughs> And he looked at her and literally said, "Lady, you're crazy," and got up and ran. And they caught him. Okay, you know, but that but that gets back to that thing we're talking about. Sometimes fighting, keeping that now. You know, you talk about thinking ahead. Yeah, that was yeah. thinking ahead. No action. No, I took his keys. No, I took the gun. No, yeah. nope. That was kind of a sales takeaway. You know, <laughs> <laughs> do it. I dare you. <laughs> Well, I give her a lot of credit. That's uh, yeah, God love, God rest a, a tough lady, no question about it. Um, I, I will share a story that was shared with me. I have all the stories I heard similar to what you just told me. So I'm at one of these library seminars with the, largely a group of seniors. And afterwards, a woman comes up to me and says, you know, my husband and I were in two, um, what about Flagstaff, Arizona, she said a few years ago. And she looked to be probably in her 60s. So I'm assuming she was in her 60s at that time. We're walking around and a guy comes up and sticks a gun in her face and says, your money or your life? So the husband and wife look at each other, they look at the guy and they say, you're going to have to shoot us. I'm like, okay, I was surprised, not the response I would expect. Uh, apparently neither was the Robert expecting that because he then repeats the demand and says, your money or your life. And she said they looked at each other again, looked at him and said, you're just going to have to shoot us. And then she says that the husband did something to knock the gun out of his hand. The guy takes off. I'm like, okay. So then they go to the police station to file a report. And as they're apparently, you know, giving the information to the officer, the officer's like, okay, tell me again, where is it you're from? And they're like, south side of Chicago. And he's like, well, that figures. Because <laughs> yeah. who else would yeah. do something so incredibly crazy, right? But there you go. I mean, yeah. you got people who, depending on your upbringing and what you're used to, they're like, hey, I, I'm not going to stand for this kind of crap, you know? So mental attitude. And, you know, it's what I tell people all the time is criminals don't like people who, you know, fight back because it's going to either get the criminal hurt or it's going to get them caught. They want people who are easy targets. So the whole idea is not to be that easy target, scanning around, paying attention so that when you're walking down the street, people don't see you and go, oh, that person's not paying attention. I can take care advantage of them very easily. 
You know, so if you put up some fight, some resistance, most of the time, it's going to be enough where it's going to be something where they just don't want to deal with you. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things people, they think they know how they're going to react in a situation because you've played in your head or whatnot and everything. Let me tell you something. Your psyche doesn't know what you're going to do until you're there. That's why they call it fight or flight. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes your brain will choose for you. And a lot of times what I've seen, and I've seen this in officers that were in a traumatic situation, they came through it. Wow. You know, I was like, okay, they'll, that's the one I want with me when this crap happens next time. And they quit because Uh they come into something very similar to that again. And they're like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to go through that again. You know, and, and, and I, I applaud them for recognizing it, but you don't know. So just because you've been through it, just because you've been through Vietnam, Korea, World War II or whatnot. The only thing I would say would be a military person that's been trained, 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 trained to react rather than think. But most of us, we're not on that path. So be careful about putting yourself in a position because you really don't know. Yeah. And somebody that is up against the wall that has nothing to lose, mm, yeah, be careful. So know your situation, know what's going on, and realize sometimes it's better to live and fight another day. Yeah, Give a good report, let people know what's going on, and, you know, go from there. Yeah, and kind of along that line, a a story I'd, I'd, I'd actually seen the video footage of this, um incident so basically two i think it's state troopers stop a guy for a suspected drunk driving so they pull him out of the car um they are they're talking with him uh, you can't hear any of the what the conversation is but they were about to let him go and then for some reason decided to talk to him a little more and then decide they were going to arrest him for for drunk driving so then he puts up a fight now the one trooper is is huge he's like six foot something his partner's a little shorter and the the suspect's about average height. Well, he puts up a hell of a fight, right? So you can see him wrestling around. They pull out the taser. They tase him. It's not fully working. It's working a little bit. The guy fell into traffic. They drag him back. Now they're trying to, to get, you know, wrestle him to the ground, get him face down so they can cuff him. Well, he's not having any of it. And now they're striking and all this. The guy gets up. He runs around the front of the car and he gets a gun. Now a gunfight ensues. So now they're, you got the officers shooting. One officer is shot and he falls out of the scene. Um, and then the other officers firing back and the guy takes off. Turns out, and I actually met an officer sometime later who actually knew those guys and showed up on the scene shortly thereafter. And he confirmed all this stuff with me. Um, the one officer who fell out of the, who had gotten shot in the leg, shot in the femoral artery, had to put a tourniquet on himself. And the only reason he survived, they put him in a medically induced coma for a number of days. And he survived, he went back in the force. The other officer, ended up on desk duty because he couldn't take it. The stress was too much from that encounter. Um, so along the lines of what you said. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like you said, you you don't know until you're in those situations. And people ask me, you know, how do you, how do you train? What's the best way to train? And for me, you know, one of the things I did as I moved on to other types of martial arts was you have to increase the amount of stress in your training to a safe point, but it has to be increased. If I'm always doing things with people who are always, happy-go-lucky and I never get hurt and I don't have any bumps or bruises, you know, everything seems to work great. Someone starts resisting and you have to do things when you're a little less comfortable. Now you're raising your stress level. 
Now, is it as realistic as someone trying to kill you? No, but the point is you get used to more and more of the stress and how to deal with it. And that's kind of the best way you can do it. You have to increase your stress level. You have to work under stress um, and that'll help hopefully mitigate those things. But truly in the end, you won't know until things happen. Kevin, that's why I'm so good at handling stress. I've been married four times. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> you've been you've been married four times? Four times. This McGillian that you met online is, yeah, is, is my fourth she, wife. Yeah. She's a keeper. That's that's for sure. Oh, she sure is. Number one, she tolerates my crap. Okay. <laughs> you know, but well, uh, I, I was married once and I decided that was it. I I I, I failed at that, so I'm not gonna do it again because I'll just fail ah, again. Keep going. <laughs> you know what? I loved everybody. And I loved her. And you know what? We talk about it. This people are like, how do you say that or anyone? Because we talked about it all before we got married, you know? But one of the things is, and I think it goes with what Peter is saying here, okay? Communication, understanding, and never saying die. You know what? I still believe in the power of love. When it got done, married again. Doesn't mean everybody we bring into our life is meant to be there forever. But also... I want parents to understand from this conversation the way we react to this stress that Peter's talking about. Situations and violence. If we get mad and lose our control, that's the way you're teaching your kids to deal with the stress. Yeah. So somebody's got to come in and undo it. And what I taught mine was be happy. You can separate without all the yelling, screaming, ugliness or whatnot. There's more than one way to handle an argument, okay? I get along well with all my in-laws. Everything's fine. I pick up the phone, call anybody except my second. Now, her parents love me or her mom still love me, okay? Um, but, you know, it, 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 it is. It's learning to understand how to deal with a situation and being able to grasp that overall. I think that's an art form that's hard to teach somebody. What do you think, Peter? No, I, I think you're right. I think that part, and, and, and I think the other issue is that these days we're even more removed from people than before. So it's all, you know, video or text. And so communication, our communication skills aren't what they used to be. You know, conversations aren't the same. And now we're emojis and, you know, symbols and stuff. And it's not the same as communicating with someone. So when you have someone you have to communicate with in person, face to face, and you're dealing with a very stressful situation, it's very different than, you know, I'm sending you a text and I can type all the nasty things I want on Facebook about you and what I think about you. But in, you know, in real life, I'd never say any of those things. Um, you know, so I, I think part of that is there. And yeah, it's, it's something that has to be taught. You know, you have to practice it and you can try and put that, you can introduce that as well as part of your self-defense training, which is have scenario which cops what what are cops doing that you know that's most of what they're trying to put situations they're like how are you going to handle the situation you know you come on the scene this is what's going on and then the actors act in a certain way and you react and then you try and figure out you know did you, do i do the right thing well i don't know if you did the right thing but you're going to find how you reacted to that situation and then you know are there other options i think that the, that your work could could really be uh, an important part for a lot of communities and community centers and that sort of thing. Have you thought about franchising and going, you know, like nationally? <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, I mean, I, I have certainly I no problem doing any of that. I just don't know that people are as open-minded about that as, as you might be, Kevin. Uh, you know, that uh, people have very interesting thoughts about when, you know, you talk about self-defense and martial arts, because I think everyone feels it is the 
punching, kicking, and all the violent parts of it, right? And people are, so even when I started out trying to find places that would let me do these things, that's kind of what I was facing. It, it took me a while even to get Vernon Township to let me do it, you know? So you have this resistance based on, I think, perceived ideas. And then the other thing, blame it on the lawyers, legality. They're like, oh no, you have to make contact. I, I had Volkswagen credit there here in the, just a few towns away. They contacted me a couple years ago, said, we'd like you to come in and do a class. I'm like, sure, no problem. Then they contacted the legal. Oh, we can't have you touching anybody. Okay. And then it was like, we don't want you to come at all. <laughs> uh, and it was all about legal issues. And I'm like, okay, I'm a lawyer. I understand the legal issues, but I'm not touching anybody. So how's anyone going to get hurt? You know, I mean, my voice is so powerful. I'm going to knock you over. I don't know. Or I'm going to say something insulting. I don't know. So, you know, I think part of it is just people are adverse to a lot of things and trying to convince people. Sometimes you have to get through a lot of, you know, noise. We are living in a litigious society, and it until is. we can get away from that just a little bit, uh, because you know, and we, we you know, you're, you're right, because there are LNI issues, and there are all kinds of issues that have to do with when. But you know, one thing I would like you to help help teach seniors, yeah, is how to fall. Yeah, that is true, because a lot of that improper falling will lead to broken wrists, you know, a lot of that. So these injuries, it's true. Falling is very important. It is one of the things that I will teach people. And, and it is something that I think you can do safely in the right environment, you know, and it does take time. You know, you start low to the ground so that you're just learning proper movement. And then as you work your way up, you can fall from a higher height and learn to, to fall appropriately. But you're right. Most of the time people fall, they put out their arm, their hand hits. And what happens? Something snaps. It's usually the wrist because they're, they're trying to brace their fall this way. When ideally when you're falling, you're learning to slap using the whole arm to reduce your um, force going backwards, tucking your head so you don't hit your head. You know, there's a, there's a way to do it. It's not comfortable when you're hitting hard ground, but it's better than whacking your head or breaking your wrist, you know? So I, I agree. It's, it's, it's an important skill. Or tearing your rotator cuff. There you is, go. Yeah. I, I played football and I wrestled and I played baseball and all that kind of stuff. I could always fall. Well, <laughs> I, I knew how to fall and roll and, and that kind of stuff. But when I get older, it doesn't work that way. It yeah. just, you know, and uh, I'm a little heavier than I probably should be. And so when you fall, it's like the proverbial ton of bricks really is the ton of bricks. Yeah, it, 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 it is a skill and it does. It does take like other things. It just it takes practice and you, you learn confidence. You know, you have to become confident because no one wants to fall. Right. It's, it's against your nature to force yourself to fall. And if you look at some of the martial arts where you see these guys who are throwing themselves up in the air so they can fall from higher heights. That's even harder to do, let alone just standing here and trying to just fall from where I'm standing. Something you have to get your mind past. It's kind of a mental block. But, you know, to, uh, to Kevin's point and to your point, my father technically died from a broken hip. Yeah. He slipped, fell, broke the hip. Yeah. They put him out for the pain. All right. And from that point, we had to make a decision because his mental status was not good no. enough that he was not going to be able to do the therapy. He was not going to be able to do the PT. He would not understand it. He was going to be strapped down in the bed for weeks. And then because of that, so literally it put us in the position to make a choice to wow. just keep him out of pain because the only thing to do for him was surgery on the hip. 
and it was going to be thousands of dollars and the prognosis of the hip because of his mental state. Yeah. It was not good at taking. And we were just going to be down the same path later with him living a life of pain. And, and, you know, it, it is things we do need to realize when people laugh about teaching people to fall. Yeah. There's a right way and a wrong way. And what another funny thing you said about, you know, hitting with a knife or hitting with different things in Florida, when I was doing impact weapons training with PR 24 and an ass, okay. The old TJ hooker stick. Yeah, yeah. I love that one, but the ass came along and we then had to start because the attorney said you need to start incorporating all the moves from that with your flashlight. And then it was incorporate all those moves because everybody has that metal clipboard or that metal citation book, you uh-huh. know, using those because of that whole learning to attack with something regular. So we had to teach, you know, no neck up, how to do a, how to do a strike, how to do a hit with these without okay. braining somebody, yeah, yeah. you know, or snapping their wrist. So uh, it, it, yeah, it gets, it gets crazy to understand what these officers are going through and have to and have to deal with. So, so Peter, I really have enjoyed our conversation today, and it's great to, to mm-hmm. have you here. If somebody wants to contact you and hire, I don't know, maybe hire you, and even if you come do it for free, they pay for the airfare and the and the hotel and stuff. Works how, right. how do they get a hold of you? Well, certainly one of the easiest ways is my my website, bestdefenseconcepts.com. Very easy to get a hold of me there. My phone number, 847-736-7358. Both of those, you can text me, you can call me. Very easy to get a hold of me. Um, not hard to find. So where do, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Where are you going to be? Are you going to continue doing this? Where, 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 what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know, it's interesting. Um, uh, one of the things uh, that Reverend Lee was mentioning he was talking about, you know, new things. What's new in police you know, tactics? So I don't know if you saw it, but on my website, there's a, a tool there called the glove. I, I did. I was like, ooh, that's nice. Generated low output voltage emitter. So, you know, uh, it's a new tool that is similar to a taser. You know, tasers shoot out probes. This doesn't do that. Basically, you've got contact pads that are on the palm. And the idea is to have skin contact so I can grab somebody by an arm and control them without hurting them, right? So this is something that's new technology. This came out in about 2019. I met the the guy who's bought the rights to it. It was actually created by a fellow in China, though. Uh, but he's got the rights to sell in the United States. And I was a distributor for the company. And, you know, I've been kind of busy with, with law, but I, I've been still keeping my hand in on that because I think it's a great tool because we talk about, you know, excessive force. The police use too much force. Well, that's debatable. Sometimes they do, obviously, but, you know, force is part of the job. Um, But this tool, which is basically a glove that you can use on people. And I've been, I've been going to a lot of shows and having cops come up and I get to use it on them. Show me another job where you get to grab and electrocute cops. I don't know where they can't arrest you. Um, So it's a great tool. (laughs) Part of what I'd like to do is is be more involved in that in the future, because I think it really is going to be a tool moving forward. I think that we've got a hundred and some agencies already that are using it throughout the country. Chicago's slowly coming on board. Um, but, you know, when you mentioned, what am I going to see myself in the future? I'd like to be more involved in that because I, I think it's a great idea. How can you keep cops safe? How can you keep the suspects safe? How can everybody do their job, you know, and, and get away from all, you know, we don't want to be focused on always, you know, firearms aren't the only answer, obviously. We have to have some other tools in the toolbox. So it's an electric glove? 
Essentially, yeah. So basically the, the glove is, you know, uh, just like a basic glove, um, comes in different colors, but the basic one's a black glove. And it usually only takes one glove to take a person down. And by grabbing, you make skin contact. Unlike a taser, the it's not a high enough voltage to actually go through into the body. Tasers have to push electricity in through the body, into the clothes to affect the muscles to lock things up. Here, this is more of a distraction. Um, thank you, Deborah. Um, and the idea is when you grab somebody, it's like grabbing an electrified horse fence, something like that's kind of akin to that. Um, it's such a distraction. I think 99% of the people I've grabbed were usually down on the ground within two to three seconds. And you know what's what's amazing? I've been preaching against, I hope I don't offend, but I've been preaching against tasers for mm -hmm. so there's too much crap on a cop's belt. Remember, in yeah. that moment, you're going to be dealing with muscle memory. What yeah. do they practice with the most? Draw, draw, gun. draw. And we saw that one old guy that had done this for years, and he accidentally shot and killed somebody thinking yeah. he was grabbing his yeah, taser. But yeah. in the moment, he grabbed his gun, and I had predicted that and said it. Yeah. This is something that will put us back into taking all that crap off the belt, put it back into a hand-to-hand -hand defense where if I'm going here, I'm only going for deadly force. Right. And that is something I think this would be amazing for police work and might ought to be looking at a requirement because then I've got, I'm not shooting something. We're not pulling barbs out. I'm not spraying somebody that's allergic to cayenne pepper or whatever right. pepper is in there now. This is back to gun, handcuffs, ass, nightstick, whatever it is they're using now. Um, you know, and, and, and again, eliminates that one, you're only using drawing a weapon for one freaking thing. So it's yeah. going to help eliminate a lot of that garbage. You know, you could call it the Michael Jackson glove. Because <laughs> <laughs> you only need one, right? That's right. That's true. He generally only had a glove, one glove on, so. Yeah, so that that would that would work great. So, <laughs> Peter, thank you so much for being here. We really have appreciated it. Well, I appreciate I appreciate both you gentlemen. Yeah, I thought you had uh, some really great questions. I was very happy to to share um, some stories and you know some of the stuff that I do. And um, I wish you both very well. Well, and uh, I'd like to invite you back, and we'll talk about this off air. But I'd like to talk to you talk to you on KKNW eleven fifty AM because. In Seattle, I don't know if you noticed, but we've got a homeless problem here, and there is there's lots of folks that are that are being put into situations. I don't know, like in by the courthouse in yeah. downtown Seattle, that you would think would be perfectly safe. However, there's a lot of homeless people that are in the area, and it's not as safe as we'd like it to be. So, okay. so your your um, uh, classes and stuff would be very beneficial for folks around here as well. So that's why I want you to build a franchise and go national, big time. Hey, national I, I, I'm happy to do it. Uh, absolutely. Oh. And then you, you'd be on billboards. <laughs> that's See, right. And, and stuff. So it's, it's been great fun having you here. And I want to thank you again, uh, Rob, do you have any other questions before we let this fine gentleman, because it's about time for us to wrap up the show for today. Yeah, no, I just thank you and very much. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. This is going to be good. All right. Well, I appreciate it. It's been great. Had a lot of fun. Bye-bye now. All right. Take care. <laughs> thank you so much. I shouldn't drink coffee through my nose. That's <laughs> I don't recommend it. 
Not, not recommended. No. So thank you so much. And, uh, uh, have a great day. And, and Reverend Rob, uh, th this, I've enjoyed this show. It's been great fun. Me too. Me too. And I just want to take this time to remind everybody, if you want to reach out to me personally, tarot with an attitude.com, you could drop me a message, book a session. Didn't sling any cards today, but that's okay. It's a good thing. We met some great people or whatnot. Also look out for my YouTube show, Tarot with an Attitude. Go figure. Okay. On YouTube or whatnot. Classes this Saturday, Tarot Simplified 2. Look it up on ascendedmasters.store. We'll be able to be there. And we're actually going to be on Zoom. We're going to do some spreads and readings and interpreting cards together. It's going to be a blast. And, and uh, if you want to go to positivetalkradio.net, you can find out all kinds of stuff about what we're doing and say, and listen to some past shows. You can even, and I, you know, um, my, my, my good, uh, um, counselor Holly said, you know, sometimes when you're too close to a situation, you don't ask for what you should ask for. So I'm going to have you ask for what I should ask for because you do it so much better than I do. Folks, if this was speaking to you, we, we need help keeping this going. Number one, we want to syndicate the show. We're going through KKNW, so we're already live on the air, but we want to take this bigger. But help us out. It costs money to do this. We enjoy it. On uh, PositiveTalkRadio.net, there is a donation button. Reach out. Share the love a little bit with whatever spirit lays on your heart. We appreciate it because we're wanting to take this thing to the next level and we need to get some people paid that you really love. Some of them being us. <laughs> and that is the uh, Southern Baptist preacher son in you. Lay, lay, whatever you feel like, you lay and lay your hands on a baby. Come on, let's go. Well, actually, then it would be, okay, if I'm going to go Southern Baptist, 10%, 10%. <laughs> In in the donation button, that's what it's God's will. Yes, let it feel amongst among you. We're going we're going to bring that in. Miss Miss Jill's going to start the tambourine, and Mister Bob will jump the pews. Come on in, and you know so whatever. <laughs> and I want to thank everybody for paying attention and for listening to the show today. We actually had some listeners, Reverend Rob, and it, it, it's great to see. And I, I would point to tomorrow. We've got a great show for you as well, as well as on Friday. And then on Monday, we start our great big new time. We're going to be on at 2 to 4 Pacific and 5 to 7 Eastern. Drive time on the eastern coast of the United States. And uh, and we'll be there a couple hours a day on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, and we'll be on KKNW in Seattle on three of those days. So, so there's a lot going on, and I want to thank everybody. And uh, Reverend Rob, I'd like to thank you for being part of this. You, you add a great deal to this presentation, and I thank you. Well, thank you very much. And Kevin, in an hour, we're going to be live on KKNW, aren't we? We or are again. Yes, indeed. We, there we go. Going to be talking with a gentleman who is a producer, an actor, a screenwriter in Canada. His name is Christopher, and he's a, he's a wonderful guy. And that'll be on KKNW, 1150 AM. So you need to hang out for that. And, uh, and I want to thank everybody again. So with that, on behalf of uh, Reverend Rob Lee, uh, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of KMmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, 
nicknamed KMmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great, positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.